Welcome back. We are glad that you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues our verse-by-verse study of 2 Timothy. Pastor Tim asks, have you ever stopped to think about the fact that how you treat others goes a long way as evidence that you yourself have been transformed by the power of God in salvation? In the conclusion of this message, Pastor Tim says it this way, whose you are determines how you treat others. Here's Pastor Tim. All right. So do you belong to the Lord? All right, that's first. Let's go then to, uh, let's assume the yes answer. Let me give you a second big statement. Then you've become a conduit of love. If you belong to the Lord, then you are a conduit of love. A conduit is just simply that small tube, that small little uh, pipe, if you will, that, that, that sometimes water is conveyed or wires are conveyed or different things are conveyed through there. It's a, it's a means of transference. That's who you are. You're a means of transference. You are the means. You are plan A and there is no plan B for the transference of the gospel for the transference of those godly Christ-like characteristics that are transferable. I mean, in the same way that we see the nature and the character of Christ, those things are transferable to us. I mean, you know, I'm never going to be omnipresent. Never going to be omnipotent. I'm never going to be omniscient. Never going to be perfectly holy, but I can be practically holy. So there's some things that are not going to be transferable to me, but to be merciful and to be loving and to be faithful and all of these other characteristics that Jesus has that he transfers to us. Now I'm to transfer those to others. In other words, what what we're saying is if I belong to the Lord, then other people ought to be able to see that in how I treat them, how how I act towards others demonstrates, really, whose I am. It adds credibility to the fact that you are fulfilling a God-willed role in your life. All right? Let's look at that. Look down at verse number 2. So the, the address of the letter is simply to Timothy. We've already talked about him a little bit. So he just says this, To Timothy, my beloved son. You know Timothy is not... Uh, Paul's biological son. The Bible says that, that, uh, that Timothy's father uh, was a Greek and he was an unbeliever. Uh, the Bible talks to us. In fact, we'll see it in this particular book. We'll get to see how Timothy's mother and grandmother uh, were both stalwarts in the faith and helped share that with him and helped shape who Timothy would become as far as his faith goes. So why would Paul take that on then? I think it's because uh, Paul leads him to faith in Christ. I don't think he's a biological son. I think he's a spiritual son. I think he sees himself not only as, as bringing this life into Timothy, but also of sort of being his teacher, of being his mentor. Now there are, I'm not going to give them all to you, but one, two, three, four other times other than this where Paul refers to Timothy as his son. There's only one other time, it's in 1 Corinthians, where he refers to him as his beloved son. Here at the very end of Paul's life, it it is a very 
gentle and easy way for Paul simply to tell Timothy, I love you. You are my beloved son. It is that, that love that, that Paul has experienced in Christ that now he's passing along to Timothy. Like a, like a conduit. He's passing that same love that God has for him on to Timothy in hopes then that Timothy receives that same kind of love, has that same transformational uh, experience that Paul himself had had, and now he himself is also a conduit, and he is passing that love out. All right, let me see if I can kind of go through this just a, a little bit this way. We're talking about conduits. We're going to get into a point to where we begin to talk some practically. What does it really mean to be a conduit of love? What does, what does that really look like? So let me give it to you in this kind of illustration to start with. What we're going to talk about as we get to this is almost like a conduit inside of a conduit. It's like a pipe inside of a pipe. If I get to where this love that Christ has for me. Suddenly, I'm not sharing that with others. I'm not, not acting out of love. I'm not speaking out of love. I, I, I'm no longer really a, a, uh, a, a good example of what God's love really is about. And we all know what that is like, isn't it? That's the, that's the inside conduit. The outside is this message, this great commission that he's given to me. If the inside pipe gets clogged, then the outside pipe gets clogged. In other words, you can't be effective in being a good witness, in being a good servant, in being a good church worker, whatever it might be. If the very inside, the love, the kindness... If those things are clogged up, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Who wants, who wants to hear a message of God's love from somebody who's not loving? Who, who wants to hear a message that, that God's power is life-transforming when the person acts and talks just like everybody else around them? There's got to be something different in there, isn't it? It's the power of the Spirit that allows then that conduit to flow. And so really, as a child of God, you know, I say you become a conduit of His love, but really, you become a conduit of the, of the message of God's love, and you become a conduit of the manifestation of God's love, as He shows Himself that way. Let me show it to you in two different ways. Uh, let's, go, let's go back to verse number 2. After he gets through with that, uh, with that uh, address remark, to Timothy, my beloved son. Now, with the, uh, with the um, what do you call that thing? The colon that's there. I kept wanting to say parentheses, and I thought, that ain't right. The colon that's there tells us that everything now that he's going to say at the end of verse number 2 is about to flow out of that. It is because Timothy is the beloved son. It is because Paul is treating him with genuine love that the rest of this comes together, okay? Look what he says. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord, and, and, sorry, from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you can go to all of Paul's letters, and he seems to begin most of his letters 
sometimes with the very same kind of message, sometimes with something that just sounds a little bit familiar. But I want you to know that this is more than just a greeting. It's more than just a salutation. It is, it is Paul expressing blessing on Timothy. This, this really is how Paul treats Timothy. Because Paul has experienced this transforming power of the love of God in his life. Now he is like a conduit. He is now passing that same love on to Timothy. He is treating him this way. So I'd say it to you this way. Number one, we act with genuine kindness. The three things that are listed here, grace, mercy, and peace, all fall under the umbrella of kindness, of being kind to one another, you know? I, I remember when uh, growing up, there was, a, there was a Sunday school class at Gentian, and, and it may still be there, um, above their door. They were called the Bicota class. And I thought, man, that must be a big old fancy word, the Bicota class. I never knew what the Bicota meant until I finally understood it means be ye kind one to another. <laughs> no, that's pretty good class for them mean old ladies. No, I'm just teasing. That's, that was terrible, and that just slipped out. Um, anyway, be ye kind to one another. It's what the Bible tells us to do, right? So that's, that's all that Paul is doing. You say, well, that's, that's too easy. It's too simple. Then why don't we live that way? You know? I mean, you may not be the smartest. You may not be the most athletic. You may not be the prettiest. You may not be the most creative. You may not be the strongest. But you can be kind. If there's, if there's any simple thing that you can do to express the love of Christ, it is merely in being kind to one another. Listen, we all learned in school the golden rule, right? We used to have to say it before, before the school day started. You know, you had the Pledge of Allegiance, you said the golden rule. Where'd the golden rule come from? It came from Jesus, right? He came in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said it this way, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So it's about how you treat one another. Whose you are determines how you treat others. So let's go through the list. Treat other people with grace. Treat them with grace. Grace can be defined as God giving to us what we do not deserve. You know, we don't deserve to go to heaven, but He gives that to us anyway. We don't deserve the blessings that He gives to us, but He gives it to us anyway. We don't deserve the measure of help that He's given to us, but He gives it to us anyway. He is a loving Father, and from Him every good gift comes. Now, you may be thinking of somebody <laughs> who doesn't deserve to be treated with grace. That's kind of the point, really, to tell you the truth. You know, if you're going to treat somebody with grace, it's not because they deserve it, right? But if you think about that person, what if you treated them with grace? How, what if you treated them in a way that they really don't deserve? How do you think that would impact them? How do you think it would impact you? How do you think it would impact others who know? <laughs> Man, they know a little bit about the, about the situation maybe that's going on. 
You know? I think it makes all the difference in the world. Treat other people with mercy. If grace can be defined as God giving to us what we do not deserve, then mercy would be defined as God not giving to us what we do deserve. You know, we do deserve hell. But he doesn't give that to us because Christ has taken that from us. We, we, we don't deserve many of the things uh, that, uh, that, that he... I mean, we do deserve a number of bad things that, that could happen to us. And yet he continues to take care of us through all of that. Now, again, you may be thinking of somebody who, does, who deserves to be treated with contempt, you know? who deserves to be treated uh, offhandedly, who deserves to be talked to, you know, like a dog even. What if you treated them with mercy? What if you treated them in a way that, or, or you didn't treat them in the way that they do deserve? They know it, don't they? I mean, they do. Deep down, they know. Just like deep down, you know. And yet they find somebody who's willing to treat them genuinely with genuine mercy. By the way, if we consciously act in grace and in mercy towards even the worst people, you know, we've been talking about that, think about the worst person you can think about. Shouldn't we treat one another within the church family that way? Man, this ought to be a place that oozes grace and mercy and overall kindness. It ought to be a place where I feel safe that way. It's not the last word he mentions, though, is it? He says, treat him with grace. Treat him with mercy. Treat him with peace. Treat one another's with peace. What does that mean? What, what, when, when you leave, when you've been in their presence, <clears throat> you've talked to them, you've been around them, you've worked with them, you, whatever, you know, how do you leave them? Would you rather leave a wake of disruption and confusion in their life? Would you rather leave peace? I have to tell you, I mean, if you want to be like Jesus, then you have to choose peace, right? He's the Prince of Peace. <laughs> He's the one who promised perfect peace to those who, might, who keep their mind focused on Him. He's the one who gives us peace with God. He's the one who gives us the peace of God that passes all understanding. In fact, the New Testament says that He Himself is our peace. So if I want to be like Jesus, then I have to choose peace. In fact, if I, if I want to be like Jesus, then I have to choose all of these things. To treat one another with grace and with mercy and with peace. Listen. If we're saying, this is what I am saying, that we treat people this way because of whose we are, then what it means is, is that I can look back in my life and I can see that God has treated me with grace and with mercy and with peace. Now I'm just passing that on. Why does God do that? Why does God treat me with grace and with mercy? And with peace. It's because he loves me. That's the only reason. So if we're going to treat one another that way, it's because we love one another. 
You got those little conduits, right? It's free-flowing with love and with grace and with mercy and with peace. We're acting simply with genuine kindness. Let me give you one more. According to this verse, we also act from God's character. We act from God's character that is now in us. You know, it's not for show, it's genuine kindness. It's not, it's not kindness because I've been guilted into it. <laughs> I do not need somebody like Ellen to have to be the one to tell me to be kind to other people. You know, I should do that because Christ has been that way towards me. Now I want to be that way towards others. So what you see in this verse is grace, mercy, and peace. Where? From God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's simply acting out of the supernatural Holy Spirit that lives, with inside, that lives inside of him. You're not doing this in your own strength. You're not doing it in your own power. You're simply allowing your life to be, I almost hate to use this word because of its new age uh, usage, but really you're being a channel of the Spirit of God and of his power and of his character out towards others. You're showing the world what Jesus is like. He's, he's redeemed us. He is continually reshaping us. He is conforming us to the image of His Son. And so we ought to look a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, just like Jesus. And, and know all along, all along the way that really it's the Spirit of God inside of me that's producing that in me, and showing himself outwardly through me. You belong to Jesus? You belong to the Lord? You want people to know that you belong to the Lord? They won't be convinced just because you got a bumper sticker, or you wear a cross necklace, or you got a Jesus t-shirt on. You know, They're going to be convinced when they see that your life really has been transformed, and you look like what they would think Jesus looked like. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight for myself, and I pray for every person that's in here. Uh, <laughs> I, could, I could sure do with a good dose of being Christ-like. I, I, could, I, I, could, I could have my pipes cleaned out, so to speak, so that that might flow a little bit easier and a little bit better. God, that's what I'm asking you to do. Just clean me out from myself that this conforming work that you are doing in my life, making me more and more like the Son of God, that you would allow that to be seen, that you would allow it to be experienced in my speech, in my actions, and in my reactions. Jesus, show yourself to be strong through us, your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me if you will. If you want to come to the altar, you can. If I can pray with you about anything, I would be glad to do that. But I want to ask Jake to lead us. Let's have a hymn of invitation. If you need to come, then come on. This year, at Brit David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you 
about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.